podcast is a podcast, Corey. This is a podcast, not a podcast, where two best friends talk. Sam sent us a little, That's a true. little snippet where pe- someone said, uh, I'm tired of hearing the two best friends podcast. I want to hear like the two worst enemies podcast. And I said, send them a link. But this isn't the two worst enemies podcast, yeah. is it? No. We're fairly cordial. I mean, what other podcast makes one person makes the other person lay on the ground and cry? That only happened once, oh, and that was a couple hip. years ago now. And it was because you were super mean to a movie that I like. <laughs> so, so look. Um, anyway, this is not the podcast where two best friends just yammer on about you know Gilmore Girls. It is generally more combative than that, but it's it's not like you know we're, it's not like I don't know always a fist fight. Not always, and only one of us yammers on about Gilmore Girls. That's true. I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Oh my god. Please, Corey. Anyway, <laughs> Side Talks Podcast, the official podcast of the Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema. And we are sponsored by Revelator Coffee. Hell yes, we are. I am Corey Kraft. I am Rachel Morgan. And uh, we'll talk about some movies today. All right, let's do it. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Bro, bro, it's Rachel and Corey. Hi. Hi, what's going on, dude? Oh, you know, just chilling. Other than packing your bags, getting ready for a little... Oh, Come Reba on, time. fancy, don't let me down. <laughs> wait, what? We're going to see Reba. You're going to see Reba? Yeah, Tomorrow this. night, bitch. Yeah. Where, wait, where's... That's awesome. Yeah. We the... talked about this the other day. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. We did. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um... Oh, God. I, have you seen Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar yet? Oh, no. yes, I have. Uh, so Lisa's seen it. There's a, there's a, I don't want to spoil it, but right. Reba McIntyre is involved, and okay. we'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, it was a surprise, and I loved it. Yes, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, movie was, that movie was fun. That was a fun one. Damn, I tried to book that for the cinema, and I think I got told no. Oh, damn it. Those but, bastards. <laughs> anyway, I mean, regardless, though, what are you watching other than Barb and Star? Okay, well, um, okay, Tony dug this up. Um, have you guys ever heard of Mind Warp? I have not. Mind Warp. I don't think I have. Uh, I don't think I have either. Huh. Okay. You, got us, you stumped 19- us, Lisa. I know. I was. I wondered about this one. Tony, yeah, he found a, a deep cut. Um, it's from 1992, Ooh. and it's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi horror film. Okay. Obviously. Speaking my and, language. Um, it is. Apparently, one of the um, three films produced by Fangoria's film label. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, Yeah, shit. they started doing some direct-to-home video early 90s movies. A little uh, cash and grab, little is, cash grab. Uh-huh. And apparently they had to stop, I think, because the market got so flooded. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So, yeah. and I think they resumed like later in the 90s, but... But yeah, this was the first uh, little group that they did was one of these was um, Mind Warp, and it's got two... Uh, real heavy hitters in the genre. It's got Bruce Campbell uh-huh. yeah. and Angus Scrim. Y'all know him? Yeah, the yeah. the tall man from uh, Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, that he's guy. a, he's a strange like, looking mofo. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But okay. Well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you want me to just kind of tell you a little bit about this one? Of course. Which, um. Okay. So the year is twenty thirty seven. So, um, only about 14 years away. Okay, you guys, <laughs> buckle up. Get prepared. This is like, I have to tell you really quickly that um, during Mad Max Fury Road, Lisa, you'll appreciate this, Candace turned to me and she goes, this is what we have to prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love it. And she was just deadpan about it. And I said, well, then you better save up some damn moisturizer and chapstick because it's going to get brutal. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Did not mean to interject with that one. But You know, um, I the night of the election in 2020, I, I couldn't like watch anything or do anything. So we watched, we actually watched, I had seen, we've seen it before, but we rewatched Fury Road that night as uh, just something to do. Yeah. And I thought it was really fitting because it was, yeah, it could have been a, a future foretelling. It still may be. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, classic. So good. So good. Um, this one is very dusty. I will give it that. That's a similar thing to Fury Road, but um, yeah. Okay. So it's only 14 years away and it starts very, very first scene is this big nuclear explosion thing. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you can't, don't go outside. It's not right out there. And, um, and then this ad, this ad is really cool. And it was really nineties and really retro, but apparently there's this company called Infinis, Infinis and wow. they're a VR company, like a simulation company. And essentially they just make these big kind of ridiculous molded plastic looking chairs with a computer screen that you sit in yeah. and then you plug in and then you, you know, you VR and you can do anything because you're in this VR world. And so it's kind of very proto matrix. Yeah. And, um, and you can see where they probably got the idea for the matrix, like, or potentially like it, it could have been part of the, uh, the genesis of that. But the, the thing that plugs in to them, it plugs in the back of your neck. Ew. And it looks, it's, okay, it's so grody. It looks like a, like a printer cable. And there's these little prongy things and then these little, like, inverse thingies. And they do a close-up of the prosthetic of the plug hole on the back of the neck Ew. every time it plugs in. Like, this little thing cool. comes out of the chair. And cool. then there's a close-up shot of the neck plug. And it is, like, the skin around it, like, puckers. <laughs> <laughs> so... Gross, and they freaking loved. Apparently, they loved the um the uh this effect because they show it so many times, and it's like, why does it pucker? Ugh. When you spend um, forty dollars on something, Lisa, you show it again and again and show again. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then also in these like future rooms that they live in, these little dwellings, there is also a Roomba. There's a little robot vacuum. <gasps> they knew. So, they predicted. Nice. This is did. basically like Shark Tank. Uh, <laughs> Yes, it rolls around, and she, like, runs into it at one point. The daughter, So there's a daughter and a mom in this little home, and the daughter is, like, she's, she comes out of her um, VR chair, and she's all in a tizzy, and she's just so annoyed at this VR world, and she, like, walks into the Roomba and is annoyed by it and this and that. And she's just over this whole VR thing and wants to enjoy real life. And um, she pans over to her dad's urn of ashes or something, so there's a dead dad situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, not another dead dad moment. Shit. I, I suppose to try and have like a real life moment, apparently in 2037, they still have um, Discman personal CD players that just play one CD. Oh, well, so, so we have a Roomba, but we uh-huh. haven't evolved the CD player at all. <laughs> no, because I guess in 90, what, 90, they probably, I think they made this in 91, it was released in 92, so they probably thought, wow. CDs are so hot right now. Like this, what yeah. what could else else could there be? What know? could be? It could. How could it get better than it, this? It can't. It really, it can't. possibly. So you know, she has a moment listening to the music, thinking about her dad, and this and that, and um, and she actually tries to wake up her mom, and her mom kind of wakes up from her VR simulation and goes, and they have like green goo that comes out of the wall that they of drink course. as their nourishment or something. Delicious. And mom is. Not into it. Like, mom is apparently fine with this VR universe and doesn't even, she couldn't even remember her husband's name. And, you know, she's just like drinking the Kool Aid, drinking the goo, ready to be plugged back in. And so the daughter, 
she is real annoyed about this. So she actually hops back into her VR and she's able yeah. to, which I don't think many people have this skill. It seems like it's sort of special to her, very much like a Neo thing, but she can hop into other people's VRs. Like yeah. it's not personal hand for her. So she hops into her mom's VR and accidentally kills her. <laughs> and then. <laughs> hate it when yeah. that happens. And so then, because he was like, so mad at her, but she didn't mean to kill her, but she did. And then when she wakes up, uh, the daughter, her mom is dead for real. Ooh, this, is like this is like Freddy. This is like Freddy. It is. Exactly. It's like the dreams rules. Okay. So then she, uh, she, okay. So she meets with the system op. So she goes back into the VR and like, she meets with the system operator and it's a man in this like weird room with a lot of lights and it's very, you know, man who runs the machine kind of godlike thing, you know? And she tells him she's tired of simulation, this and that. And he's like, well, I can show you what real life is like. So then she wakes up, a up in a line? bag. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Um, Would that so, work? <laughs> well, okay. So she wakes up in a bag buried in the ground in the middle of this like wasteland area. And she digs herself out, and she's just like, where am I? Because she's outside, and, you know, they usually live in their little homes, which I assume is in some kind of bubble or whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, these mutant cannibal types show up and try to get her, and they kidnap her, and they tie her down and stuff. But then Damn. a man shows up, and guess who it is? Oh, my God. Emilio Estevez? No, no. I already told you it's Bruce Campbell. I just can't. <laughs> okay. like, yeah, yeah. Now I, it's time know, for Bruce. Lisa, wishful thinking. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Wouldn't it be great if it was Emilio? Um, no. So finally, Bruce appears, and he's like really hot. He's baby Bruce, and his chin looks so good, and it's just it's good. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he kind of rescues her from the mutant weirdos, and then they have a whole kind of survival montage where he catches some kind of like possum or something to eat, and she's like, "Ooh, that's not green goo," but you know, whatever. And and um, they're kind of getting to know each other, and then they bone. Uh -huh. Yeah, of course. And because of course. And then right as that happens, the mutants show up and grab them both. And they're taken to this lair. Do they not know the rules? Are they not they, they haven't been filled it. in. Certainly <laughs> Bruce Campbell at this point knows the rules. He knows the rules. He definitely knows the rules. But I think I don't know, you know, I they just got maybe they've been yeah, carried away. Happened. They were carried away. They were boning is probably part of it and they weren't paying attention. That's classic. Classic. So then they're taken to this layer thing which it appears to be some kind of landfill or something because then he is his punishment or he's sentenced or something to mine trash with all these other mutants and they're just, like digging through trash and then she is taken to this like breeder area um oh where there's like a, a women a couple women and you kind of wonder are these like regular human women that have been removed from the, you know, the infinescence world or are these like mutant women that just aren't as mutiny? You just don't know. But like, it's like this breeder weird area. And, um, the chief lady, there's a lady down there around all this. And she's apparently jealous of her, that she's that, of the girl that she's pretty. So she wants to maim her and try and like cut her up and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, some people, some mutants step in and she gets carried to the leader guy. And then there's this, it's sort of like, yeah, there's this cult kind of underground mutant weirdos. Man, Fangoria is really going for it. Yeah, for real. Oh, they, this like, is they're complicated. They're really just piling plot on top of plot in this thing. Oh my gosh. Just, you just hold your horses. It gets <laughs> even crazier. Okay. So at first he wants to, I guess because he's mad that the lady, the chief lady had, um, had tried to interrupt the, you know, the, the breeding or whatever of this yeah. new 
the main gal, I think her name's Judy. I'll call it, yeah, I haven't introduced her, but Judy. Um, and so he, as punishment, takes the chief lady's, like, I guess, sort of daughter or helper assistant person, and as a punishment, he puts her, for lack of a better word, on, like, this Vitamix uh, track. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like she goes headfirst down this, this little track into a really big Vitamix-looking blade thing. And then all of a sudden, all of her blood comes out the bottom and lands in a big old-timey clawfoot bathtub. Holy and then shit. all these mutants grab um, the tops of skulls and scoop up the blood to drink it. Oh, my Hell God. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what? This yeah. I'm here to tell you. When you have been reading Fangoria for 40 <laughs> years, this is what you write. Exactly. Yeah. It's really... Uh, okay. So, I mean, yeah. Okay. So then... She is kind of brought forth to the leader and this and that, and guess who the leader is? This is Angus Scrim, right? Yes. And he Good guess. Is I was going to say Emilio Estevez again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is her dad. Oh, shit. Oh, dad is not Is dead. she a He's tall woman? Mm-hmm. She is tall. Okay, well, so, good casting. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's, okay, so he's the leader, and, you know, he's the dad and stuff. And then here's where it gets even more insane. He <laughs> well, I can't her, believe it. <laughs> okay. He tells her that they need to breed <gasps> because she's not a mutant and they need to make regular humans, like and restart the regular human race since she's not a mutant freak. Oh, uh, this this went too far. Mm. Right? This went, they like, went this too they went too far. Too far. You're too just, like far. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm not a yeah, I'm not okay. And it's terrible. And I'm like, wait, what? And he, like, she recognized him. She's like, you're my dad. And he's like, yeah, okay, but here's what we need to do to make humans again because these mutants aren't cutting it, you know? And it's like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. I'm picturing so, a desk. I'm picturing a desk. And on this desk, it's the 90s. On this desk is a word processor for sure. And then there's a stack of Fangoria magazines. And then there's a little introduction to psychoanalysis by Sigmund Freud <laughs> right next to that pile. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That's so definitely it. Um, okay. Well, so meanwhile, Bruce, he was, because he also, he, um, when he was digging through the trash mining, he actually found a blade from a food processor. And then he used that to, like, strike one of the guards. He kind of broke free and all this. And yeah. he was trying to get to her. But then he got got again, and they knew he was able to break free. So they instead put him in a vat of hallucinogenic leeches. Uh huh. <laughs> that bury themselves in your spine and yeah exactly yeah that's so, exactly what i thought oh you were god. going to say yeah they also watched flash <laughs> gordon oh my god um, they put about 50 <laughs> films in, in that vitamix and just whirled them together jesus <laughs> so then let's see i mean you know cause there's fights and things eventually she is not having it with the whole wanting to be bred by dad and i mean they didn't like even have a scene of that they just you know, he mentioned it to her, but she's already like resisting that and trying to free Bruce. Oh, thank God. Things. So she, he's, I guess dad just gives up and is like, well, fine, I'll just kill you. So he puts her on the Vitamix and 
But then, like, her jacket gets snagged, and she doesn't get, you know, blended, and then there's, like, a fight, and then Bruce shows up, and all these things go on, and they um, they kind of reassemble and fight off the dad, who then he gets thrown in the chopper. So did I, wait, yeah. I just, did I hear you correctly? She, her life was saved because of a jacket snag? Yeah, yeah, her jacket gets <laughs> that, like, All the, the other shit that's oh. happening in the jacket snag is what yeah, saved her. Yeah, it's like a single members only or something saved her life. Right. Yeah. And, um, so, okay, so then they, I'm spoiling this entire movie, by the way. I think so, we're good. Know. Yeah, I'm I gonna, I, I'll, I'll survive. At this point, I think we're, we're really good. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, they managed to reassemble and they fight everybody off and do all that. And then, um, they are back outside of this, I guess, because it's always underground with these cannibal trash people. Yeah. So they're back up in this, like, you know, wasteland. And they're trying to, she's like, I just want to run back to the city. At this point, she's like, this is VR world. Sure, fine. I go for it, you know. And she's with Bruce, and you think they're going to be together. But then, all of a sudden, he flips, and he's like, you can be our queen now. And then, he vomits all those leeches into her face. And it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> so, basically, it's Midsommar. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Okay, so then, she finally, like, runs away from him and then like runs into there. Oh, there's also these crucifixes with skeletons on them in the wasteland. And he runs into one of those bumps her head, gets knocked out only to awaken in the room with the systems operator. And yeah, guess who the systems operator is. Emilio Estevez. (laughs) Um, Also her dad. So yeah. I'm confused. Apparently, Dad is the systems operator. So when he went missing or whatever all those years ago and they oh. thought he died, he wasn't. He was the systems operator. But then when she she went to say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, like, are, did he make that whole thing? Because so she wakes up, you know, in the systems operation room, but it's also apparent she's, like, back in her VR chair, too, like, in real life, you know, and the mom is not dead. It was all a simulation, apparently. Uh, you know what? They didn't but, have to try this hard. I think that's the moral here. Like, they didn't have yes, to go this hard. It's all the things. But it rules oh that it God. did. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, just dial it back just, like, 30%. 30%. Yeah, a modest 30 But, like, the dad figure then wrote in this program, because he's a, the guy who runs all this, apparently, like, that... I'm going to tell my daughter who doesn't yeah. know it's me, but I'm going to send her to the outside or seemingly send her to the outside and scare her away from that. But like with incest and like, yeah, and, that makes, and no, that makes sense. like leeches, no. like this doesn't, it's this, so this brutal. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm following it. She had to oh, open yeah, like kill her dad in the simulation. And so anyway, so, but then she's like, There's you know, more? released to know that that was not real or that was a simulator, whatever it was, you know. But the dad, the systems operator guy, he apparently, for whatever reason, has to retire. And so he has asked her to take over because she's the one that, yeah, can apparently jump into other people's VRs and she can, you know, control things Pension. or whatever. Pension, so that's she why. she should be in charge now. But it's like, wait, but what happens to him? And, like, she didn't even know he was alive and now he is, but, ugh. But she also, like, literally just killed him or so she thought. It, it's just, so many things. So many things. And I mean, are we even sure at this point that the simulation is over? You know what I mean? Like, what if the systems operator is also a simulation? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like an episode <laughs> of X-Files. It's a conspiracy mm-hmm. to conspirarize yes. to conspire. Yeah. Oh, so, man, Lisa. I mean, We're going to need a just... couple of Revelator coffees after this one. <laughs> that is a lot of shit. 
I will say a lot of the gore was really good, like good B movie, B movie slasher, silly, over the top gore. A lot. It was really pretty good gore. There was a few times where the blood was kind of like a fluorescent red, where it was a little too much. But most of the gore was honestly like good for how ridiculous it all was. You know what I mean? Yeah, look like, at it was the over the top ridiculous, but it was like well done gore, and it's and it's in that realm of the movie. You know what I mean? Gotta sell it on um, something. That's right. And all the mutant freaks were really, really grotesque and, and hard to look at. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, craftsmanship, you could say. <laughs> Good for them? Question uh-huh. mark? I mean, honestly, you've completely sold me on this movie. I really <laughs> loved, I do mean, need yeah, to find a, a copy. Ride. Like, I would watch it, even though I've spoiled all the twists and turns, um, the way too many twists and turns. Um, it definitely... It, you know, it's a wild ride. Like it would be, it's a fun watch if you want really silly B movie, early nineties gore and hot young Bruce Campbell. And yeah, who doesn't want all of that? All of that. That's like a Christmas list. <laughs> oh um, man. Oh yeah. And one little note, um, yeah. Bruce Campbell met his wife who he's still married to to this day on this film. She was the, um, one of the, like the costumer. Oh yeah. So it's a Valentine's day film. <laughs> yeah, it's love. for next year at the at the cinema, we'll program it for. I don't see why day. not. Oh man, thank you for bringing this epic shit show to us. We really appreciate it was, that. That's a good way to epic shit show. That's exactly what uh, what's going on there. It's um, it has, Corey it has looks excited. I'm he looks excited. Genuinely <laughs> thrilled to yeah. to track this down and watch it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, mind work. Okay, well, I'm writing it down. All right, Lisa, thanks so much, man. I don't know what we'd do without you. Mine oh, wow. Well, I'm so glad I could help. And I know. I mean, Corey really does look like a kid in a candy mm-hmm. store right now. So he's ready, <laughs> yeah. to, he's ready to wrap this up I'm, and get I'm home. ready to go home and watch it tonight. I don't know if yeah, I will, but I, I, yeah. I want to. Yeah, well, we can. Yeah, you can. You can give us any notes that I missed um, <laughs> next time. I mean, it sounded like you were incredibly thorough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I was like walking back through it earlier with Tony. I was like, okay, wait, what happened then? And he's like, oh, don't forget about the hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> he was helping me remember the the best part. The vitamins. So. Don't forget about that. Uh, all right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, dude. Get ready for okay for fancy Reba time. Reba time. Yeah. Bye. Dude. Bye. Okay. Bye. And now, fast film terms. Gosh, that went by really quick. Almost like a fast film term? That's what it is. Hey, now. So you ready for this one? Yeah. Uh, Get ready for the jar sound effect. Uh Uh-oh. What's a (laughs) D-girl? You preemptively. I know. Oh, my God. So for new listeners... Uh, the the jar sound effect refers to every time we mentioned the the male penis on this show, which is that got so scientific, right? Super then. frequently. Um, so, but I don't think that's what a the de- male penis. Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. who the else has got one? Penis. <laughs> that's like one of those. Th- there's like those like ads on Instagram where it's like, what word can go away? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely male in that. Case. <laughs> I, I think it probably is. That's a little redundant. Uh, so anyway, anytime we mention the male penis on this show, um, we have to put ding, some ding. some amount We've of money so into the to the dick jar. Um, but I don't think this is what D girl refers to. Not, unless but I uh, knew we were going to go there. Yeah, of course. So do you know what a D girl is? I don't. Well, it stands for development girl. Okay. okay. So this is a person who. 
works in film development by reading kinda. scripts. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's a derogatory Hollywood nickname. Is it really? Yeah, it really is. It's it, it's it's something you call somebody. This comes around in the 90s mm. where we start getting this term. It's a nickname for a non-influential entry-level staff member. Oh, yeah. everybody's got to start somewhere you'd jerks yeah and within obviously a film production company and their responsibilities as you suggested include finding and identifying story ideas and uh were that are worthy of adaptation into a a film script and also writing script coverage which as we've talked about before is a sort of report on the value of a screenplay um like um William Holden's love interest in Sunset Boulevard is is one of these yeah. characters. So that, submitted scripts, yeah. and they you know they read them and 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 discuss the value. Um, and by the way, the job title is gender neutral according to the Los Angeles Times. A quarter of D girls are men. Wow. So they are truly. I could be a D girl. I mean, if well, I were fifteen years younger. Part of what they talk about, and part of why it becomes such a derogatory tor- term, and it's kind of evolved in that way, is that 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 level entry level position you don't really want to you don't it's hard for them to say yes or no to anything they don't really have the they really don't have any power to say yes and they don't like to say no because it's a sort of i'm an entry level i could be saying no to the next terminator right you know right so for that reason they're you know a little powerless and have the courage of your convictions d girls d girls come on yeah anyway i say we need to drop that term altogether it sounds pretty bad yeah in 2022 d girl as we suggested carries all manners of Uh, inappropriate connotations okay well i got another one for you okay uh discovery shot oh well this is when you are shooting you're taking too long footage for the discovery channel of like lizards and no birds and stuff i genuinely don't know you're gonna you're actually gonna know it when i tell you and there's a couple of these really wonderful examples of this that we can't obviously show you on a podcast in silence of the lambs but it's a scene when a moving or panning camera unexpectedly at least unexpectedly for the audience right comes upon or discovers an object or person oh cool previously undisclosed to the viewer yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. All right. So discovery shot. Yeah, that's cool. So there there you go. That's our two fast film terms. Boom. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast, where your own personal cinematic Craw McGraw and Ninpro. Nimpo. Nimpo? I have no idea. <laughs> well, you know what Craw McGraw is. No. Brad, Sam, anybody want to weigh in on that? Brad, is I don't know what head. that is. So. Yeah, really? Well, it's a t- it's a self defense. It's a really like down and dirty self defense. Oh, right, 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 right. Primary. Okay. And uh, nympho, which I don't know if I'm saying it correctly because it sounds awful close to nympho, but I- I'm assuming I'm. It's it's a you're gonna really like this. Okay. It's a Japanese martial art. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That is a has a includes a set of different skills that includes espionage, uh-huh. hiding and sneaking. Ooh. Camouflage, infiltration, surviving in nature, and bare hand fighting. Well, I'm good at sneaking. You're Nimpo, I'm Kramagra. Sure, okay. All right. Uh, thanks to Revelator Coffee. Yeah, and thanks to Boutwell Studios, as always, for producing and putting this show together. Uh, sidewalkfest.com or at sidewalkfilm on social media. Come see a movie with us. At the Sidewalk Cinema, you can find showtimes at those places I just mentioned. And if you don't, we're going to crawl McGraw you. That's right. Um, we're going to we're going to mind warp bare you. hand knuckle fist fight you. 
with espionage and hiding and sneaking. That's right. Okay, bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.